The world seems pretty doomed at times. It can feel overwhelming. Economic problems, food problems, debt problems, environment problems, 99 problems. The list just seems endless. So does the next generation have what it takes to answer the big stuff and deal with the challenges in their own lives? And how can sport fit into the grand scheme of things? Or are we just too obsessed with social media to care? My name is Ed Knowles and this is the Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we take a topic and get someone Olympic to talk about it. Because, well, why not learn from the best? We want to help you think just like an Olympian. Almost all of us have heard someone say that the current younger generations are just phone-obsessed and lazy. As power and focus shifts towards the current crop of teens and 20-somethings, millennials, Generation Y, Z, whatever label you want, today we're going to ask some Olympians if the world has a positive future and what role sport could play in that future. Johan Olaf Koss won four Olympic gold medals for Norway in speed skating in the 90s. Now, Koss runs a charity promoting education through sport. So, does he think the younger generations are moaning snowflakes? I am 100% believer in the next generation. Plus, we hear from a high-achieving young woman who simply says, get on with it. When you have a problem in your life, that doesn't mean you have to sit around and cry like babies. That's the Syrian refugee who swam at Rio 2016, Yusra Mardini. She showed the world that you don't have to be old to make a difference. So at 25, Johan Olaf Koss had achieved a life dream. He'd won four Olympic gold medals in speed skating, three of them in his home country of Norway at Lillehammer 1994. He retired from speed skating and trained as a doctor, but it was in the charity sector where his true calling lay. He set up the organisation Right to Play, which gives children the opportunity to play sport. A luxury, you might think, but it's sometimes the difference between a child getting some education or none at all. Mr Koss is also a big believer in the power of youth to be a force for good. I spoke to Johan over the phone and I began by asking him if millennials were so lazy. How come they won so many medals at the Winter Olympic Games? Uh, obviously, somebody from the millennium uh, had to win. <laughs> and you have, you know, so, you know, because it's impossible to stay in fit when you are 50. So you cannot compete. Uh, that's very unusual. So I will think, uh, though, also, I will say that they are exceptionally well preparing and they, they utilizing the expertise from the old days and they have a lot of different ways to look at things and training. I'm not so um, worried about the millennium generation <laughs> that many are. I think there's more conscious, social, responsible individuals and they uh, they understand the balance in life and there's a whole bunch of other elements to that. But I think also uh, they will have to find the solutions for the world in the future. Now, on the, from the sport perspective, they clearly have a great uh, ability to perform. Um, but you see all of them, even though we have some young athletes, they are breaking new grounds. So we'll come back to that in a minute. But I just wanted to talk to you about your charity for young people, Right to Play. Could you just describe how that works and what you do in it? 
relieving generations of children who's the most traumatized, not able to participate in sport and getting that feeling to be on the field and and failing and trying again and achieving success and setting goals and giving a personal improvement advice from the coaches, etc. So this is so critical. It's so important. It's as important as that food uh, for any child in uh, living in, the, in the, these conditions. And that's what right to play was funded under. This is the principle uh, that we can provide this service. Um, and then we see that when we combine these activities with, with education, then we improve so dramatically in the learning outcomes. Like even we can learn how to protect ourselves, we can learn math, we can learn languages, geography, we get to see the self-confidence and the self-awareness and this interest in self-development which is massive. So, like, I just got a report from Mozambique that our little community sport program have managed to get 1,000 children back into the school just the last year. Last year, they managed to get girls and boys to return to school to learn. And if we, we have to focus, we have to educate the new generation. All the challenges we're up against, they have to be solved, and it can only come through solid education. When you receive some news from, say, Mozambique, and that's like r- ridiculously good news if 1,000 children are going into education that otherwise w- wouldn't have done, uh, do you think there's these sort of like generalizations are un- unhelpful when you start labeling an entire generation as, as lazy? And how uh, irrelevant is that to someone who uh, is in Mozambique? No, I. <laughs> I think it's uh, exceptionally unfair, first of all, to label a whole generation as lazy because it's not true. (laughs) I think actually currently this this generation growing up has the biggest challenges we ever, like we have global challenges which are unprecedented in humankind history, how to deal with global warming, how to deal with nationalism and globalization at the same time too. Uh, you know, competing interests. Like, how do we do with conflict and terrorism? How do we do with these weapons and mass destruction scenes all around? I mean, the general. And then we have social network and screens to drive, you know, a lack of connectedness uh, between people. So our our next generation are experiencing with this will become an experiment. And they are up against the biggest challenges and many, many, many of them taking those challenges straight on. You're attending the 14th annual Coach Wooden Citizen Cup, which is a set of awards celebrating young athletes and their stories in the US. And obviously, there's some truly inspirational stories. Sometimes, though, when you look at the news online, you just don't see all these positive stories. Surely there's some reasons to be cheerful at those awards. Oh, yes. I think... Uh, I'm, I'm very, very honored and thankful to be recognized uh, by this group and that they see the work we are doing as so important. I mean, to right to play, we operate with over 2 million children every week. And we see inspiring stories every minute. Uh, in any type of society, you will not believe those inspiring stories existed. 
you know, the, the ability for children and youth to overcome diversity and challenges are unbelievable. You have to do the things. It's not just about talking about them. And that's kind of where our spirit comes from. We see that there could be things. We might not always do the right thing. We might make mistakes. But we are at least trying to make the difference. And I think we see movements like this now forming all around the world. And I'm very somewhat, I'm somewhat optimistic, even in a, in a very pessimistic uh, type of political environment we're living in at the moment. Simply, should we just have more faith in the generation, that, the generations rather, that are coming up at the moment? I am 100% believer in the, the next generation, though that does not mean that we should just sit back and relax and say, yeah, they're going to sort it out. No, everybody has to be active at this moment. There is no time to waste. I think that we will be judged about the future generation much harsher than we have judged other generations before us because we did not do enough. So we have to do more. Obviously, when you are young and talented and driven and ambitious and you've got a goal, that can sometimes come across as being like brash and arrogant and there can be a negativity associated with that. Um, what kind of advice would you give to a high performer that's encountering this kind of issue? I clearly see what you are saying, is that the, because the, the demand for quality to yourself and your surroundings is so hard to be able to achieve at that level, so it can come across as arrogant or, or highly demanding and, and, and brash. But I do also think that like Mario Bergen is an incredible example for an exceptionally successful athlete, but at the same time have an amazing care of other people. And she combines it by, by providing advice to the younger athletes to take care of them when they come on the team. This is purely my speculation and guess because I haven't not asked her ever. But by doing that, she realized if I make them better, that will force me to become better as well. The fellow competitors on her team say about her, it's just so um, incredible, uh, warm and engaging and, uh, and inclusive. Uh, at the same time, she has been the dominant uh, cross-country female skier for over 10 years. So if you give back, you'll receive something back, basically. Yeah, and actually that makes you better. Not only a better person, but you're actually a better athlete as well. Thanks to Johan there, and also to Steve for helping set that interview up. So Johan, at least, has faith in millennials and the generations beyond that too. He did say something, though, that struck a chord with me, and it's that it's not enough to talk about how to change the world, but you actually have to start doing things. It may not always succeed, but in the process of doing, rather than just talking you could come out with a solution. And that's better than nothing. Now, when you scroll through Yusra Mardini's Instagram feed without really knowing her backstory, you'd be forgiven for just thinking that she was like any other up-and-coming athlete. There's the selfies and training shots and videos. But Yusra's story is truly unforgettable and is a shining example for not just young people, but for everyone. As a teenager, she fled Syria in a small boat and it started to sink. Fast forward about a year later and she was at the Olympic Games. 
and won a heat in the 100-metre butterfly. Here's what the commentator said about her story at that heat at Rio 2016. Young lady in lane number four is Yasra Madini. She came across from Syria as a refugee on a boat with 18 people. Her sister Sarah was with her and when the boat, the dinghy, it was a small boat, started to take on water, her sister Sarah and her got into the water with two others and started to pull the boat along and steer it ashore three and a half hours. This lady has come a long way, now settled in Germany. And in lane four, Mardini has taken it. The first of the heats. The achievement has been made here in the first heat of the 100 metres butterfly for women. But Yuzra's attitude is, well, it's a little surprising. Yes, she has an impeccable Instagram. But no, she doesn't sit around waiting for things to happen. She makes them happen. This is Yuzra now. When you have a problem in your life, that doesn't mean you have to sit around and cry like babies or something. It was really hard for everyone, and I don't blame anyone if, if they cried. But sometimes you just have to move on the problems, because the problem maybe will bring you everything. Like me, the problem was uh, the reason of why I am here and why I am stronger, and I want to reach my goals. The conflict in Syria meant that even going to swimming training was dangerous. Even the pool wasn't a safe haven. Sometimes you couldn't train because of the war, or uh, sometimes you had a training and there was a bombing in the swimming pool. So it was, there, you can see like the roof, there is three or four places is open. Yusra, who was 18 at the time, had managed to seek safety in Germany where she was training. In the run-up to Rio 2016, it was announced that it would be the first Olympic Games with a refugee team, meaning athletes who wouldn't have had a chance to make it to the Olympic Games now had an opportunity. I'm really proud. Being a refugee, actually, my sister always, when she wants to encourage me, she tells me, show them the refugee as you will do. Yusra won her heat at Rio 2016 and, after the Games, was invited to talk at the United Nations about her Olympic journey. Twelve months ago, I had to flee my home of Syria during the war. And I no longer thought this would be possible for me. This experience has also given me a voice and the opportunity to be heard. For me, I want to help change people's perceptions of what a refugee is. For everyone to understand it is not a choice to flee from your home and that refugees are normal people who can achieve great things if given the opportunity. Former US President Barack Obama was certainly impressed. We could not be prouder of you, not just for the great introduction, but more importantly, for your courage and your resilience and the great example that you're setting for children everywhere, including your eight-year-old sister, who I know must look up to you. So for Yusra, she understands that her experiences, whilst completely terrible and awful, have given her the opportunity to perform at the highest stage. She's become a symbol for refugees, of course, but also for her generation, perhaps the millennial generation or whatever you want to call it, and the one that follows, don't have the best reputation at the moment. But with a no-excuses attitude like Yusra, maybe the world is wrong to be pessimistic about the future.
And who hates a really great Instagram feed anyway? So if you like all this talk about millennials and overcoming the hardest of situations, then maybe you'll like Olympic Channel's original series, Against All Odds. It tells inspiring stories of athletes who took on feats of immense personal and professional adversity before finding success at the very highest levels. And Hamid and Hamid grew up blind in Morocco, but an incredible sporting journey began when he moved to Spain and started swimming. And in our latest one from British trampolinist Brownie Page, could you imagine being a world-class gymnast unable to jump? That's exactly the obstacle she had to overcome on her road to Rio 2016. If you put in Against All Odds and Olympic Channel into a search engine, then it should all come up for you. So before we go this week, I'm going on a bit of a bike ride to Switzerland this weekend. I won't just be going to take a few pictures for the Instagram though. Uh, it's Strictly Business and I'm going with a couple of Olympians who are embarking on this epic road trip from Switzerland all the way to their native New Zealand. I will report back once I get back, or rather if I get back because Switzerland's pretty hilly, right? Recommendation of the week goes to, well, Yusra's book, actually. It's not out yet, and I've not actually read it, but it's out in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to learn a bit about her amazing story, it's probably a good place to start. Thanks to Dina Matova, who sent in a really nice message on Facebook with a few suggestions on what she would like to hear on the podcast. Always good to hear from anyone, so give us a shout on at Olympic Channel across all social platforms. You can give us a follow there too. Remember to give us five-star reviews and write some kind words if you have time, wherever you find the podcast. That would be really helpful and very, very nice. Big thanks this week also to Pepe and Alberto for their audio wizardry. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time.